what compromises a revenge lasagna? I don't know what comp- comprises a revenge lasagna, but uh, I'm going to say probably tomato sauce, uh, probably beef, maybe pork and veal. Uh, I would also put in there lasagna noodles. Are you a believer in ricotta? Uh, obviously ricotta. And uh, some parmesan and mozzarella. So what makes that different from a normal lasagna? Uh, the emotions you use when you are making the lasagna. So it's like created with hate. Yes, it is a hate-built uh, lasagna. But I thought all cooking was built from love. No, 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 no. There is definitely... You would definitely make a dish for showing up someone, for spite. <laughs> there are plenty of ways to cook a meal. Like, if you invite someone over and you make a very nice meal, it could be kindness or spite. I will keep that in mind the next time you invite me over for a meal. Okay. Which has never happened. But. I never had a dinner party. I don't have enough chairs or tables for a dinner party. When does that ever stop me? <laughs> it's a dinner party. Everyone has to be sitting in a chair. There's probably an invitation sent out. So I see. So in your experience, you've been invited to food parties, but not dinner parties that, for me. That's true. <laughs> You're a funny little man. It's a dinner party, you know, you have a long table set out, candelabra, the nice china set out. You're a funny little man. That's a dinner party in my experience. So we're talking about dread. I'm assuming you're recording. Oh, we recorded that whole yeah, lasagna I, conversation. You can tell, because we talk a different way. <laughs> we do. You know, that, that lasagna conversation is very important. It is. I, I think our audience needs to know that you can cook with eight. <laughs> I think any of our audience knows you can make something for someone with spice. I think maybe. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that someone out there that listens to us was not aware that you could cook with hate. I'm hopeful. <sighs> we need to have a cooking cast at some point and discuss the concept of hate cooking. It's like hate watching, but it's different. All right. Uh, in any case, we're doing the Delve. Yes. And our Delve pick was Dread, uh, the 2012 film. Well, Starring, Starring Carl, Carl Urban, Urban who is awesome. Robbie Thurby, Lena Headley, makes a brilliant villain. Yes. Yeah, I mean, this is, I think, after we had, you know, pretty much everyone been exposed to her via Game of Thrones for a season. And if you watch that kind of thing. I, I think many people who watch Red probably I may have see, seen that see, show. I remember from 300. I, yeah, she wasn't 300. I, I've kind of forgotten that film now, oddly enough. Most people have. Ironically, since, you know, the merger of my partner and mine, his DVD collections, we now have two, two copies, copies of it. It was a huge movie when it came out. I really liked it when I was in seventh grade when it came out. <laughs> or no, not seventh. Wow. Sophomore year? Junior year? Thank high school? you, because that was making me really sad. Just like <laughs> I was in seventh grade. And I, 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 was very, I was held back for many, many years <laughs> and then hit parody very quickly. Just like, and then just crashed from seventh grade to high school senior. Yes, and just year. skipped, you know, <laughs> prodigy. You know, went from, you know, brain damage to prodigy very quickly. All right, so Dread is your great love, not mine. Yeah, Dread is a film that I absolutely fell in love with uh, watching in theaters for the first time. At the time, I had not seen either the 95 film or read any of the 2000 AD comic. So talk about our synopsis. Okay, so in this world... America has become a wasteland, and only a few megacities remain. Our film is set in Mega City One, which is sort of the East Coast megapolis, spanning from Boston to uh, D.C. You know, we call that the Northeast Corridor. Eight hundred million residents. 
That's probably, I almost think it's a low ball. No, 800 million is not a low ball at all. That's Never the, mind. That's the Wikipedia entry. No, I'm thinking of like reality, but that's way, way off in my mind. I'm, fa- I'm failing at numbers. And apparently, 17,000 crimes are reported daily in Mega City 1. Yeah. So, yeah, in this, so this is based on a 1980s comic from the UK called Judge Dredd, set, uh, which is in the anthology 2000 AD. Uh, this is sort of one of those very famous uh, in Euro comics from that were big in the '80s, like this and Heavy Metal, sort of were a big thing in sort of changing the tone of comics for a lot of people, mm-hmm. sort of giving exposure of different ideas. Definitely moving you away from superhero. Yeah, and you know this leads into the Frank Miller stuff, which uh, sort of is which is where we are, which is where we still are today. Somewhat for a lot. Well, the influence is still omnipresent. Oh. No, I can I can definitely see mm-hmm. the fingerprint of Frank Hookers and Blow. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that for, I think we've moved at least slightly away from the more misogynistic influences of them. It's not greatly away. I think some people moved away, not 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 everyone. Sure. But that's another podcast where we will never talk about Frank Miller again. That'd be nice. We can only hope. Um Continue, though. You were talking about Mega City and crime. Like Mega City 1, you know, sort of massive crime wave. and sort of, I, I had to establish that this was you know, written in the 80s because if you think about New York City in the 80s, you think about one of the most crime-ridden, falling-apart places on the planet. And when you say that, though, when you say crime in New York City in the 80s, I think Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> See, I, I think Mad Bull and... Uh, it was more of a tragedy that he, he was not the right fit. He did not do well at all. Yeah, that, that, that first film is uh, but better, I, better Left Alone. But I've taken you away from it. So. Okay, so yeah, this is sort of set in the you know most absurd conclusion of the Ed Koch New York uh, image in a lot of ways. You know, okay. Massive crime wave perpetually going on. And sort of the solution to this was setting up in addition to having a normal police force, having effectively militarized judges in, in, in a way, mm-hmm. where they have the power to arrest on site, sentence on site, enforce the law, and sort of the, you know, the eponymous line from the first film and some of the comics is, I am the law, where these, you know, these judges are actually you know, judges in the modern sense of the word, but sort of extended out to sort of the, you know, the police militaristic state. Right. No, I mean, it's, you know, you, you start this movie and it makes complete sense. Like, the judge system. And... It's one of those, you know, with this absurd level of crime. Sure. You come to this sort of dark conclusion. And there are, there are people today who would be like, yeah, absolutely, do this thing. <laughs> I mean, if, if we've seen anything from the Ferguson, Missouri incidents, this is dangerously close in some ways to what can go on. True, but when you arm police officers, right? I like that. There's um, I like that they give us an example of someone who's failed. Mm. Uh, his partner. Yeah, in this movie. Yeah, so the beginning of the film is he gets a new partner or a trainee to show on her first day. So we have Judge Dredd, who is beginning of this film, a big name in the city, a well-known figure for enforcing crime. And he is given a new recruit who has 
failed her judge exam by about three points, and he has to show her the ropes on her first day. And this was an interest. Someone made an interesting comment when I pulled a comment. Tom Asnable had said, um, you know, he, he describes it as seeing Batman through Robin's eyes on the first day. Which, depending on your Batman, Frank goes from low. Yeah. <laughs> this economy kind of although I think you know Judge Dredd is a it's a darker film than sort of any of the Batman stories. But in some ways, works better than Frank Miller's Batman in terms of like. This is not an anti-hero. No. Judge Dredd is a fully sanctioned and legal... This is, yeah, there's, he's not a vigilante in any way, shape, or, any way, shape, or form. He very clearly, A, has the law on his side. Yes. And B, will stop when the law stops him. You know, if he is he is bound by that law. Absolutely. Which is sort of an interesting dichotomy, you know, we're used to seeing sort of the superheroes exist outside of the law. Mm-hmm. And I think we're maybe seeing a Civil War film from Marvel. I don't know about that. There's some sort of, like, rumors or something going on, but... Oh, just as a side note, I believe what's, what's happening. I heard a very good interpretation of what Marvel's very schizophrenic mind is doing right now, which is that they're bringing back a type of multiverse secret wars blockbuster in the comics. So they've been announcing spoilers and, like, sneaking things that look to be, like, the different universes that those multiverses are rooting from. Okay, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about the the Marvel movies or well, the Marvel movies maybe hinting at a done. civil war. Maybe, but I doubt they're going to go that far that quick. But I think I think they play either close to their chest or like to send out fake rumors. We'll see, but like I, I I have heard that they're releasing many many rumors about many different things, and most of those seem to be linking back towards a multiverse type of thing for the comics. Do they not have one? I mean, I'm so used to the DC. Well, they one. have one, but I think that they're. It's kind of like advertising different worlds. So they're like, this is the world where this is happening, and this is the world where this happened. So okay, I think it's more like they're just... It's like highlighting characters. You remember when they were doing the Watchmen movie? The Watchmen, and they, like, yeah. And they had like different little things for each of the Watchmen characters, even if it was just a poster or whatever. Yeah. I think this is their version of introducing different primary multiverse worlds. Okay, so yeah. So, I think that's what they're doing, but in any case. So. But, yeah, we're, we're going to see something. We saw a Civil War Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's one of the last best things they did. Even if Iron Man was a tool. Iron Man was a tool. I haven't read but it. Tony Stark is supposed to be a tool. See, I have, I have not read it. I don't well, see myself going back to reading that. That's one of the things, like, a lot of the stuff they do in terms of stories like that are really easy to go back and read. Civil War was not. Because it was just collected in so many weird ways. But in any case, Judge Dredd. Okay, so Judge Dredd, a uh, a good superhero comic book movie. Maybe the best superhero movie of twenty twelve. I wouldn't. I wouldn't consider. I think you're, or comic like, comic book movie. There we go. Sorry, I, I try to avoid using the word superhero film. Actually, I try to say comic book movie. No, especially like broader well, use. And Marvel, sure, but. This is these are this is really a comic. This book is a comic book movie. movie. This is you know may, maybe the best comic movie twenty twelve. I don't remember what came out. Oh, the day. Avengers. I'm straight up gonna say it. No, I don't agree. With I that. I think that this does things that are just so much more out there and more interesting as a visual film than anything I've seen from the other comic book movies. Really, I liked both. Oh, I, I definitely love this. I do, I love the Avengers. I love this more. I love this as a. Well, I think you love this more because that's just where your 
somewhat wise. You do not lie with superheroes. I, I like superheroes, but I like, I like other things more. You're grappling. Are you sick? No, I think it's right the way I'm sitting. Okay. But just my seat sitting, I can change my voice. So I was uh, leaning back there, everybody. <laughs> so, we have Judge Dredd, which obviously, if he hasn't kept it a good secret, Vincenzo loves. I don't keep secrets. It was a really solid movie. Um, I like the effects that you mentioned. Um, with the slow-mo drug, with just, like, the future tech, there were lots of good things. Yeah, very beautiful, solid world. Mm-hmm. In a sort of gritty, dark way. And I think one of the things I like about this was, so you have this world, and they, they go into this, you know, large-scale tenement, essentially, called Peach Trees. Mm-hmm. It's, I would, it's larger than a tenement. It's like a small town. A, a, a city, you know, a city-sized building. Or a yeah. you know, building with a population of a small city. It's, yeah, it's a small town. It yeah, is essentially like, all slums. Absolutely. And I think what, what Anderson mentions is that, and I don't see this in many other films until sort of recently, of that a lot of the population has families here. It is, it is you know, it is a, it is a gang-dominated area. Mm-hmm. But most people living there are families trying to avoid what is going on. Sure. And I think that is a better look at sort of urban problems mm-hmm. than most other films give, and especially rarely a comic book, what probably was intended to be a mass market film, the kind that bombed here. Well, see, this is where this movie's strength lies, where other movies that we're talking other comic movies have weaknesses, which is this may be a comic book movie. But it's absolutely a science fiction movie. It is totally a science fiction movie. It is and, it's a message movie. And too. by that nature, well, it's a science fiction mm-hmm. movie. You said that yeah. already. <laughs> by its very nature, it is allowed to say those things that comic book movies couldn't get away with. Like, you know, like I'm, I was being facetious, but I'm also very serious. Mm-hmm. Science fiction, message movie, they're the same thing in my mind. Nine times out of ten. Well, if it's actually science fiction. Yes. So, but now we're going to that Harlan Ellison territory, and uh, where we give him a second. So, someone posted, "Oh, Harlan Ellison has a second stroke," and seeing sci-fi author Harlan Ellison has stroke. Well, he hates sci-fi. Loves science fiction, hates sci-fi. What's the difference in his mind? Uh, one is sort of special effects trash. One is sort of message and story with a point. I see. So, like, so like he wouldn't consider, we'll say. Star Wars sci-fi. No, no, he considers Star Wars sci-fi. He wouldn't consider science fiction. Right. Okay. Yes. Sorry, I misspoke. It was. It'd be more fantasy, space fantasy. It is Star Wars is space fantasy. Sure. But we are. We are. We. I think wholeheartedly agree with Harlan Ellison. Uh, on some things, I, I'm not nearly as. I'm not nearly as cranky as he is. No. Didn't he? Wasn't he the one who had that big? Um, Kerfluffle with Penny Arcade. He may have. I can't follow all his kerfuffles. <laughs> but now, what else did I like? I didn't really notice the music that much. There's, there's really no. I can't. There's a little bit of sort of that. I want to say dubstep. I'm sure that's the wrong term for it. I'm awesome if that's the wrong term for it. It's sort of thumpy, wumpy kind of sound. The acting. I love the acting. Yeah, Carl Urban is in fact an amazing actor. When playing this and Bones McCoy, <laughs> I've never seen him in anything else. Oh God, he is McCoy. He is. He's like the, one of the best people in those movies. I can't even put the two of those together. Judge Dredd is just a grumpier McCoy with, with guns, with a, with a gun. 
He's he's very talented because I cannot justify those two images in my brain. Well, one of them you never see his face, you know, and two the accurate to the comics. Mm-hmm. People always find out these things in movies. Uh, oh, it wasn't accurate to the comics. Accurate to the comics. Absolutely. You never see his face in this film. Correct. Unlike the Stallone film, you see his face. Well, it's it's Sylvester Stallone. You have to see his face. Everyone knew what his face looked like. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards you on this one. Why don't we do it like from this point of view? Okay. You tell me what the '90s one did wrong, and what this one did right. What the '90s one did wrong, I think, was issues with the '90s. Sort of in, it's a much more '90s style film. It just almost goofy. The music is a little just doesn't. It's almost like it has that brassy triumphant sound to it that I didn't like. Okay. So I haven't watched it. So. I mean. Dread's almost too cold at some points. I just didn't, it just didn't, a lot of just things that I didn't feel worked for me as making a character I could enjoy. And which, in the, the 90s one? Yeah. Okay. And I think that this film has a interesting story because it has a solid world. Okay. Yes, and I liked how the villain was, um, What's, uh, you could empathize with the villain. Yeah, that she uh, she had come from a very very dark place, had been abused, mm-hmm. and now is sort of taken over and is trying to use what she has to be a successful drug lord. In certain ways, she sort of kind of becomes the bully. She yeah, I mean she she's a horrible violent person, but oh no, some of her like like how she killed the one guy is just like cool. That's horrible. Die forever. Mm-hmm. All right, so did this movie do anything wrong in your opinion? Did it do anything wrong? I mean, the the biggest problem for me that's a little contrived. The judges are there when this is happening, the lockdown and everything, but they locked down because they're there, right? So no, that makes sense to me. It was. I feel it's it's not a weakness of the story by any means. It just felt like it's, it's a weakness of their system. That they're giving judges all these powers, and they still manage to get corrupted ones. Yeah. Um, like should should just, that be the thing you pay attention to when you're giving people the... It's, obviously, that is a problem, and I think that I would be more interested in seeing sort of how the judges get corrupted. Mm-hmm. I would, you know what I would really, really, really love mm-hmm. to spawn off of this? An Animatrix for Judge Dredd. That would be an interesting thing to say. Get a, get a, you know, a bunch of, like, ten different directors... Ten competent directors, I think, is and not even just fall dread, but like take us into the world. The world. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you want to do that. I mean, I think there hasn't been a good one of those since the Animatrix, and there's been a handful of those, you know, anthologies since then. But speaking as someone who has less invested into this, uh, I I enjoyed the movie. It was a solid action piece. It was good science fiction. It had a message. Um. Good comic book film. Those things totally different than other, you know, that comic book films don't do. Not an origin story, really. Right. Which I think is one of the problems I've had more recently with comic book films for me is that we keep getting origin stories. And not only, I think I'm just kind of fleshing out what you mean, but not, and we're not just getting like, if it's not a hero origin story, then we're getting the The villain's origin story and just that in the film. Right. That was a, that's a been a major problem with things like like the Spider-Man movies. But I mean, that's gone back to at least sort of the 
the the Tim Burton Batman films, that was a big criticism of even. So that's sort of been an endemic problem with these films. And I mean, I, I wonder if sort of this film was really popular with sort of nerds. Sure. But it bombed totally. Absolutely. I think because it was really popular with nerds. If they could have marketed it in a different way, I think it would have been fine. I mean, it's got everything that people look for in their movie. It's got action, it's got death, it's got blood. It's just missing sex. But no one can have sex with Judge Dredd. <laughs> or really anyone in this film. It's like I mean, a it, crime. It, it gets close to sort of sex, but it's sort of rape fantasy. Uh, yeah. Literal rape fantasy. Yeah. So, that's the closest it can get to sex. But my hope is, and I'm going to look this up real quick. Well, there is no there is no plan for a sequel. No, it wasn't that. I I don't really care one way or the other. I think it would have been fine as a standalone. But I suspect that this movie will make its money back in Blu-ray and that kind of thing. I I I mean, they don't really publish those sales. It's a four million dollar difference. I mean, budget of box office. It probably made that box office internationally. That that, that gap was in more than willing to bet. It's seventy-eight percent approval on Rotten Tomato. It's it did decently. It's a good movie. Um, it's short. It is short. It's ninety-five minutes. Let's see. By last September, it was estimated to have earned ten million in media sales. Yeah. yeah so it's probably I mean, it's probably made up that gap, but and then not we're not going to get a a sequel. No. Which I think is fine. It's fine. I'd like to see more things like this. And obviously with this failing, we're not going to. No. I was hoping like I was hoping that if this did well, we'd get something like like another heavy metal or something like that. Uh, there's always talk of another heavy metal. There's like literally always talk of more heavy metal. Uh, the, although, I, I don't know. You did not see this in 3D, did you at any point? No. This is, if you get the chance, and I will say this to anyone who's listening, if you get the chance to see this in 3D... Probably this, is, this film's actually better in 3D than in 2D. Really? Uh, all the slow-mo scenes sort of really do a quite a beautiful, beautiful use of 3D. The only other film I can say that I mean I didn't see this, I didn't see it in 3D, I didn't see Drive Angry in 3D. But so that is another film that people hold up as fantastic use of 3D to sort of give multiple images. Okay. Yeah, I don't really get to see a lot of these movies in 3D or in the theater. I have to pick and choose. Yeah, this is one if, you know, if it somehow ever gets back into a theater or some sort of weird art has a different retrospective or something, this is one of those, you know, great big screen, great 3D films. I'll talk more about 3D in our next episode, talking about uh, Vincent Price films. We will. All right. But in the meantime, uh, definitely watch this. Yeah, that's all. Let's take that away. If you haven't seen Dread, rent it. It's well worth watching. Rent it. It's on Netflix still. Yeah, I'll buy a copy. It's uh, worth it. No, I I agree. If you're especially if you like action movies or science fiction movies, if you like both together, it's a no-brainer. There's no reason not to see this one. Uh, even if if you just like a short story film, the director hasn't done anything big since this film. So and I like the direction, but I'm I'm curious, like who wrote it? Good question. Uh, I also like to know. I mean, need to look up who the special effects artist is. Uh, Alex Garland, who doesn't have white beard. Yes, he does. Oh yeah, there he is. He produced it. That's why. Alex Garland. He's doing the Ex Machina film. 
That'll come out well then. That'll be well worth watching. I'll check it out. If anyone affiliated with this film on the production side, I will. Oh, support. well, duh. Look at this filmography. He did Sunshine. Okay, that makes sense. He also did Twenty Eight Days Later, which you know I actually thought was a decent zombie movie and an overabundance of zombie movies. I haven't seen that one, sir, because it was in an overabundance of zombie films. Yeah. That was back when I watched them. Okay, what's next? Well, next up, uh, the randomizer gave you a pick. Yay! I was I was thrown, and I'm probably gonna like miss pick, but I'm gonna go with my gut. We're gonna watch Gross Point Blank. It's Scott's Mini Driver, and oh, ah, oh, why is his name eluding me now? Um, why is his name John Cusack? Me? John Cusack, thank you, and. Last, definitely not least, it has Dan Aykroyd. Who's fat boy. Dan Aykroyd, getting fat Dan Aykroyd, or thin Dan Aykroyd? I I think getting fat Dan Aykroyd. Okay. He's, he's actually not in bad shape in the movie, and he's absolutely insane. All Dan Aykroyd, other than fat Dan Aykroyd, are great. What's fat Dan Aykroyd been in? I don't know anymore. Uh, maybe Christians of the Cranks? Oh, no, nothing like that. You know, I probably like, kind of like that film. I don't think I've ever seen that film. Let's see you don't like Tim Allen. No. I will tolerate Tim Allen when he is Buzz Lightyear. And when he is Santa Claus. <laughs> In one film. I watch the other ones if I'm bored. Uh, I don't understand the, the idea of watching things when you're bored in the modern day of streaming services. Because if I watch... If I want to do... If all I want to do is watch something, well, sure... But if I want something on the television while I do other things, I can't have new things because I have to pay attention to them. I especially can't have stupid subtitle movies because then I have to look at them. That's why I give subtitle movies. You have to look at them the whole time. I will look at them anyways because I respect my position. Constant unblinking. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to watch Gross Point Blank and you guys can watch it with us. It's a fun movie. Yeah, do that. It's definitely a 90s film.